You're listening to Get to Know World of Warships, a podcast created by Bogsy and Synpax. Welcome, 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 everyone. You're listening to the Get to Know World of Warships podcast. I'm Borla. We have a clan with us today that is focused on two things. One, arguably could directly apply to warships. That's raising hell. The other, praising Dale is definitely different than any other clan we've seen out there. We'll talk to those folks in just a moment. But first, Boxy has completely lost his mind. More on that in just a second, but if you're listening to this, it's probably patch day or after for the 0.10.2 patch. There's some significant changes that have dropped with this patch, some of which you probably have know about, you've seen, some of you may not. One of the notable things is visual improvements being implemented. Ricochets, fires, citadel hits, incapacitation, splashes, shots, lots of other stuff will get better visuals. Certain actions will now have a different or better visual signal. Things that are being implemented like damage control party, repair party, main battery, reload boost, DFA, hydro. There's going to be visuals that are a little better when those are implemented. We'll be able to see it. Lots of little tweaks and improvements. As often for those of us who really like this game, the art department is the rock star once again. It'll be exciting to see how these changes are implemented. Curious to see how these things will run for people on their PCs. There's also a small bonus for those of you in clans that starting tomorrow, we're recording this on Tuesday the 16th, Wargaming is going to implement a Division Star bonus for playing as part of Division with your clanmates. So a star is given for each first victory gained by that Division. You can do it in random co-op operations. As you earn more stars, you get rewards from thing, for things like a million credits, uh, five daily rewards crates, flags, elite commander XP, coal for your clan treasury. Nice little perk. Not a huge change, but something nice for those of you in active clans. And there's some changes to the armory. Summers is pulled out. The Austin and the Marco Polo are being added. The Austin is going to cost 29,000 steel. Looks like it could be a fun ship in the right situation. It's a tier 10 cruiser, six turrets, 12 127 guns. It has an unlimited number of main battery reload boost charges that boost the reload by 75% instead of 50%. It has torps that go a little over 9K, uh, hydro, DFAA, and it uses sap instead of AP. The Marco Polo is a tier 9 Italian battleship for 228 coal, 228,000 coal. It's somewhat similar to the Veneto, but it has uh, more accurate 406s, no exhaust smoke generator, but it has spotting plane or fighter. And good news if you don't have 228,000 coal or the steel to convert to coal, you can gamble your life savings away on Italian battleship containers to get this. Um, if you think Wargaming's bad, go try to play NBA 2K21 or some other EA title. I think I'm supposed to add the disclaimer that uh, despite Peter Moore promising us all that loot boxes are not gambling, if you have Warship's gambling problem, you should probably call one hand gambler or stop playing just about any video game because they're now all trying to take every dollar through microtransactions and loot boxes. So all that being said, if you're still asking why I said Bogsy has lost his flippin' mind, you may have noticed that he's been awfully, awfully quiet so far. The man was either brave or foolish enough to give me his address, the keys to his apartment, and to ask me to handle this episode of the podcast on my own. If you're wondering, no, he didn't leave Bree here. Yes, I have to clean out the cat's litter box. If this episode ends up being extra awesome, it was Bogsy dragging me down this whole time. If this episode is awful, Bogsy was foolish enough to leave me in charge, and he shoulders the blame either way. Now, enough of me trying to sound fun and engaging without Bogsy carrying me. Let's talk to the clan, Dale. So we're here with the guys from Dale. We have just a math teacher, the commander of Dale, and we have Soonset from Dale. How are you guys doing today? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Doing okay. Doing okay. So, kind of wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about how your clan got started. 
I know, Math, you did something that I did. You started your own clan from scratch. So would you like to share with our audience what motivated you to do that and what the startup was like? Uh, well, you know, um, we, we'd originally had, like, the, the Dale thing going on a long time ago. Uh, it's kind of like a running gag. We live in the South, and a lot of times you'll hear people say, like, do it for Dale. Uh, so... You know, we we were kind of like we had that as an original clan base, like back when we all started playing, like just with a couple of people we knew in real life. Um, so we ended up eventually, you know, getting into the game a lot and playing competitive, and we slowly found our way into Tashkent and uh, worked our way up through there, and ended up starting to run clan battles there. Uh, ran it for you know basically the day to day and doing the uh, clan battles for, I'd say, I guess, what was it soon? Three seasons, I guess? Uh, I'm bad at counting, guys. It's it's hardest part of my job. Since we joined Kent first, and there was the Tash-Kent merger with all the clan battle players. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was either three or four seasons, somewhere in there. Yeah, but, uh, so we, we did that for a while, little while, and uh, took a season off just kind of wanting to just play and not have to deal with a lot of the management stuff. Uh, you know, went over to RF1 and played with the guys there, uh, which they're DWPC now, a super cool group of guys, uh, enjoyed some time there, but kind of missed being able to run that day-to-day stuff and having input on things like that and, you know, running clan battles. So after that season, we decided to kind of just do our own thing. Uh, we had looked into, you know, maybe seeing if anybody needed some management, but it was just easiest, I think, for us to start our own thing. We'd talked about it as a joke for like, you know, probably, I guess, about a year at that point. Like, we always just joked about it. Like, if something was not, like, working out for us, we are like, yo, we can just do it for Dale, man. And uh, it, it just kind of turned into a meme. And when we did that, uh, we had a couple of guys who said they would play with us uh, if we did it. And so we just did it. Uh, kind of just pulled the trigger. And I think we started out with a group of about 10 guys. Uh, I think we got up to about 14 before we ended up picking up a lot of the guys from Tash. Uh, worked our way into, I think it was Storm 2, probably about two or three weeks into the season, just playing with the guys we picked up. Uh, that was that Tier 6 season, so I, I was stuck playing Ryojo pretty much half the season, or Lovenheart. Uh, so we didn't have to find a CV player, which was very convenient. But uh, after that, uh, we got about halfway through that season, and we got a message from Resheltini, who run, ran Tashkent. And he had uh, been in his last, was getting ready to start his last year of college. So shout out to Resh, get that stuff done, buddy. Uh, he's, he was going to be focused, he's an engineer, or is going to be an engineer. I guess he graduates in a couple months. Uh, and he just didn't really have the time to run the day-to-day stuff and was looking for somebody to kind of pick up his guys and make sure they still had a home and a place they could play at. Um, so we went from really like being a group of 14 guys to a community of, I guess we're ballpark, uh, let's see, 70 right now. And we'll actually be picking up some more here in the near future. Uh, I actually hadn't made this public yet, but we're looking to pick up another group of guys to have a more casual social branch that we can kind of help some folks train up and get to the level where they could be playing and at least uh, mid to high storm and working their way towards Typhoon, so move them uh, from a more casual environment where they're used to playing Gale or Low Storm and get them ready to uh, come into the fold to play in Kent and then get the guys in Kent trained up to play in uh, Dale. So kind so of a pipeline system. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the things that I think is a little bit different about your description than many people, because obviously with the KSC group, we've had some mergers and groups of people. And what I tend to find happen or what's worked out for us is we have guys who are tired of running their clan. So they are looking for a group to just play with. And it sounds like you were really interested in running the clan side and wanting to be the one in charge. And that's how you got Dale off the ground and then added by having others, others join in. I don't know. There's there's days that it's it's it kind of feels like a second job, but at the same time, like I I, I guess it comes with my actual job. You know, uh, if, if, in case anybody hasn't figured it out yet, just a math teacher literally teaches math. Um, 
I'm used to, you know, organizing things for classrooms, for clubs. Uh, back in college, I used to run a club that, uh, you know, did like charity video game tournaments and stuff like that. Uh, so I've got a lot of like experience organizing things and I, I'm a very systematic person. Um, I like to have everything laid out on the table in front of me, know how everything works, the pieces and parts of the system. Uh, soon can tell you I'm probably a little more OCD than I should be about that kind of stuff. <laughs> So many spreadsheets. <laughs> so many spreadsheets. I, I don't think I quite compete with uh, the amount of spreadsheets I think you guys use, though. I've, I've heard you all use quite a bit, but it's... Yeah, uh... we, ha we have a few people who have a sickness. Uh, my, my buddy <laughs> Torino likes his spreadsheets, and he likes them to be both functional and beautiful. And uh, his, his are, his are a, a piece of art, I think, sometimes. We, we do use a quite a bit of data and, and things like that. What you were talking about with systems, right? Mm -hmm. That makes it easier when you have a big group like that. Mm -hmm. For sure. I mean, it, it's really like being able to process information, figure out, you know, uh, when you can look and see who plays well together, who doesn't play well together, that can help you kind of make some team compositions. And when time, when time comes, push, push comes to shove, it's a lot easier to assemble a team that's going to be successful in that manner. But, yeah, um, yeah, and I think you can also take your anecdotal experience, right? The, the last couple of days that you remember, the guys that you played with, and then also compare it to the actual data and use both pieces to tell the story. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, in reality, like, when I started, uh, Dale, actually, and I had this discussion with Soon, and I had it with a couple of the other guys who helped us start out, you know, my original goal was... Uh, not to become a super clan. Um, well, we're we're on our way to that grip. Um, but you know, sometimes there's pleasant surprises. But uh, you know, my original goal, and I, I talked with you about this, Borla, back in the day, was to pick up guys who you know are getting overlooked by the Typhoon and Hurricane clans, and get them into Typhoon. Uh, you know, eventually, ideally, you know, we get those guys trained up enough that we can push into High Typhoon, try to get into Hurricane. But in reality, you know, the goal was to take the players that a lot of people wouldn't, you know, take or were, like, just below the cutoffs and get those guys to a level where if they wanted to, they could jump into a high typhoon hurricane clan and it not be a difficult transition for them. Uh, it, I basically wanted to go for the money ball approach. Um, because, I mean, realistically, I mean, I think stats are a little bit overvalued. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going off on a rant about how... You know, you can take somebody with three or four hundred PR and get them into Hurricane or something like that. That that is definitely not you know, not trying to sat shame or anything, but like just being realistic here. Um, the middle school team isn't going to win the NCAA championship. I guess is what I'm trying to say. But yeah, you yeah, know, no, you, could, I, you I could think, get a double A college to compete. Yeah, and I, I think what you're talking about too is in the in the current competitive scene or in clan battles it's kind of hard to tread water. You're either continuing to improve or you're sliding back. And mm -hmm. once you start improving and you get into the high storm and you start knocking on the door of Typhoon, then it, it's difficult to take the, the foot off the gas, using mm -hmm. a racing term, <laughs> you know, take the foot off the gas. You, you keep getting better and the guys have higher expectations and then you're able to draw talent that can back those up and mm -hmm. you either have to stay in that cycle or go completely the other way. Yep. And you know, I, I want our guys, uh, you know, one of my big things is, uh, and this comes from teaching, I guess, is I want everybody to be able to improve. Uh, if somebody's not getting improvement and they wanted to go somewhere else, you know, I couldn't blame them. If I'm not improving as a player, I would want to do something else, obviously. Um, you know, you can go through and look at pretty much the guys that we have that are playing clan battles on a nightly basis, and you and if you look at their stats, almost every single one of them is improving over the course of like the last you know three or four months or since they've joined the clan. And that's my goal: is that we've got people coming into the community, they're learning the game, they're getting better at the game, they're going to be able to play at that typhoon level. And, you know, eventually people who can play at Typhoon level get enough experience, they're able to play, I think, at a Hurricane level personally. Um, you know, we get, we've get we gotten matched up with a number of high Typhoon and Hurricane clans already this season uh, just because, you know, we laddered a little quicker than I anticipated we would. Um, so we've been playing a lot of, I mean, really good competition the past couple of nights. Uh, 
we've pulled some games off of people that, you know, honestly, at the start of the season, if you told me we, were, we would be beating these people, you know, over half the time we play them, I wouldn't believe you, honestly, because, I don't, you know, I'm just like, you know, those are really good teams, and I'm not going to name names because I don't want anybody thinking I'm talking smack or anything, because I'm just being realistic here. Bogsy will um, ground me from the podcast. <laughs> the one time he lets me drive, uh, we start naming and shaming. Uh, exactly. Exactly, and I'm I'm not gonna be doing like I said I'm not gonna be doing that. But you know we've we've beaten some teams and we've competed with teams that were definitely really solid teams. Um, you know, and we've played a, we've played a lot of people. I think people are starting to figure out who we were. I know the first season or two, uh, people were like, "Dale, who are those guys?" And you know we we'd pull some games on some people because they didn't know who we were, and we could just you know play a fair game and they weren't expecting us to be as good so they try to do something thinking that we would not be able to you know counterplay or to take advantage of a mistake and we could do it yeah um, and i want to i, I want to get into claim battles in a minute but i want to go back to the thing that you mentioned a few minutes ago with the merger and i know you mentioned you and i talked about that and that's one of the things that we've done to grow our group is we've had quite a few mergers some entire mm -hmm. clan some groups of guys or whatever and oftentimes, like I said, it's been because somebody has said, hey, I just can't handle managing the clan. I know you guys are well managed. I want mm -hmm. to, you know, will you take my guys in and where will they fit in your system type of thing? But mm -hmm. when you had that opportunity, uh, you mentioned you had about 14 guys or so in, in mm -hmm. your group. And it was basically you guys taking on a much bigger group. Mm -hmm. what, what was your thought process in deciding if you were going to do that and weighing the pros and cons, how it was going to affect your core guys that you already with were with, what did you do to make that successful? Uh, well, you know, uh, for me personally, it was uh, I, I, it took me at least I'd say probably a week or two to pull the trigger on that. Um, and you know, it was really I think primarily as a service. <clears throat> or I guess an attempted service. I'm not trying to make myself out to be some saint or anything because obviously I'm a human being. I'm going to make mistakes. But, <clears throat> uh, you know, really it was Resh asked for a favor. He's a good friend. Uh, a lot of the guys that were still in Tash at the time and in Kent uh, were people that had been around since we had been. Uh, it was really just, you know, I didn't want those guys to not have a place to go. Um, and I knew if Tash didn't have somebody to run it, then Kent's gonna, you know, not have people willing to play for it. They're gonna go elsewhere to where they can have a clan that they'd want to move up in. Uh, I just, you know, I, did, I was like, you know, that wouldn't be fair to those guys. If I'm looking at this from a logistical standpoint, what would be the best way to help the, the most people? And, you know, I talked to you at the time because, uh, there were, you know, two entirely different cultures between the uh, two groups that we had at the time. Um, and I think currently uh, it took us a few months to get here, but we've gotten to a point where, like, really we have a really just good culture, a uh, good mix of people. Um, I mean, we've got, you know, everybody from some guys that are in college right now up to some guys that are, you know, pushing 60, uh, all playing together. Uh, you know, we've got a bunch of guys that are from a bunch of different backgrounds uh, playing Hoy together actually in the server right now, and they're on almost every other day doing that. Uh, it, it's just actually really interesting when you kind of look at the dynamics. Um, I don't want to go, like, too in-depth into that, but we're a really, like, we, we're quite diverse group of people, and it, it just kind of intrigues me how we, all of that is kind of meshed together. Yeah, that's one of the most fun things to me about being in the clan and the group that I'm in and seeing other groups be successful that way too. We have people all the way from early in college to people who are retired and, and most of us fall somewhere in between mm -hmm. and all over the, the world, all over North America. Mm -hmm. And it's fun to see the way people draw together in ways beyond just playing boats. We've had a couple guys go through some tough times and other people stepped up sometimes even doing stuff in real life or others to, to help people. And to me, kind of that side is really what makes it fun beyond. We all like the game or enjoy the competitive, but I have more fun like you, like you were talking about with that stuff and helping people out that way than anything else. 
<coughs> so, oh. go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. I, I unmuted at a really bad time. <laughs> My bad. Um, yeah, no, really, like, I'll, I'll be honest, we have a lot of people, so I'm the I'm that guy that spams messages in the clan recruitment channel and stuff like that. Um, we get a lot of people that join that might not necessarily meet our cutoffs, and, you know, they're always looking for help, and we're more than glad to give it. Um, I, I've really, I've actually, I had a about a 30-minute session with a guy last night running training battles, talking to him about uh, battleship aim and things like that, where you should be aiming to, like, actually deal damage under certain scenarios, talking about bounce bouncing with like ap mechanics and things like that um and it's it's i know it's you know it's literally my day job but it's actually something i do enjoy doing so it's kind of nice having that environment here where we've got a lot of people willing to help out people and kind of learn the game uh learn some of those mechanics that you know not everybody necessarily knows uh i you know most of the typhoon guys are going to know that but a lot of we get a lot of like players starting out too so it's kind of neat to see them come up yeah and that. i yeah, and I find you get some guys who really have the mechanical skill. You have other guys who are really strong on map awareness, and then you have the math guys who are really good remembering all the thresholds and and armor penetrations and overpens and angles and all of that. And if you can put those people together talking about the game, the guys who have weak spots in one area or another can at least improve just by being around and, and understanding how the other guys think. Definitely. So looking back on the merger, and then we'll move on, but on that decision-making process, is there anything afterwards that really caught you off guard, that you were surprised about, that was way easier than you thought it would be or more of a challenge than you thought it would be? I have to think on that one for a second. Um, I mean, being honest with you, I mean, we, we've had bumps in the road and stuff like that, but... Uh, for the most part, you know, I think by now everything has worked out for the best, and you know, t things tend to work out in the end. Uh, but I, I think overall, you know, it it worked out pretty well. Um, I, you know, I can't say, and I'm not going to lie and say every single person is happy because I mean that's sure, not always yeah. the truth. Because you know, um, there there's been things, but for the most part, I think for the people in the clan that wanted to be here i think when i talk to them they're satisfied they enjoy their time in the community that's why they're still here and you know i i, I have this thing i don't want people to feel like this is going to be a job i don't want them you know not enjoying their time playing the game i'm not going to force anyone to play clan battle like i'm not going to force anyone to be on every single night um, you know, we do have, obviously, like, rules about, you know, if you're going to be an active, hey, let us know. That way, if we do get more members and we have to make room, we know not to boot you unless, you know, you're just not going to be able to play or we're not going to have any room whatsoever. But it's really about just having that community there and having people that want to be here. And I think when you have people that want to do something, you're going to be more successful as a team than if you have people that are unhappy trying to play the game yeah no i absolutely agree with that soon said did you have a comment it looked like you were gonna ready to say something yeah so i think for us like with the whole merger thing with going kind of leaving tash and going back to it we had a, an easier time than probably some other folks have done with mergers just because we still knew a lot of people in that community and you know they're still around today um i, I think that actually helped smooth out the road in a few ways we, we've had some people come we've had some people go but for the most part you know a lot of the the guys that we played with a lot when we were still in tash um you know we're just playing with them again and that that just makes it a lot easier when you've already got kind of a group of people that you you've played with you've uh you know you've been around and stuff like that and i i think it stands out too to uh the kind of the the community that math and Mainly, math has really tried to create. I mean, we constantly have. I mean, people just kind of chit chatting around in our in our Discord nowadays, whether they're playing other games or anything else. I mean, it's just a nice place to kind of go and let's all go to their folks um, because we've just we've genuinely built up some you know community connections. I guess is the best way of putting it. So, yeah, I I I see the value in that too. If you have guys who enjoy hanging out, doing other things, playing other games, just talking. 
then it makes the clan battles easier and go smoother and you have less drama because guys know who each other are and they get along and even some of the little things like knowing somebody's voice if you have 30 or 40 active guys in a clan and you legitimately know almost everybody's voice just by hearing it the little things that you can clean up your comms with without having to call out who the person is or what ship they're in you just automatically know that it's just lots of lots of little advantages to having a close-knit group 100%. and you know having a close group too leads to you know people respecting one another understanding their mannerisms and it leads to a lot less problems down the road because you know uh I'll I'll tell on myself here. I'm that crazy person that should never be playing destroyer, but ends up playing destroyer occasionally. And uh, you know, I'm it. I'm gonna have that moment. I'm getting shot at by seven people. I'm like, guys, I'm gonna die. Guys, I'm gonna die. And everybody's just like, you know, normally you're eye roll, but you know, you eventually figure out, ah, that's just math being a dummy. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you know, um, the, the, you you learn everybody's mannerisms. You learn how they operate. You learn how they think, and that that just allows everybody to work together in a much more efficient manner. I think, and it leads to less drama. It leads to less people getting upset with one another because they just they know how the other person operates that they're working with. Yeah, and I do think that's an advantage with mergers. When we've had successful mergers, the people already have a little bit of sense of comfort when they come over because three or four of their buddies or eight or ten of their buddies came over at the same time, and they kind of have a core group, and you kind of slowly work in with everybody else and become part of the larger group, but that makes for a successful transition. So, and I'll be I'll be honest. I, I've, I've my long term goal is to kind of uh, just copy that structure you guys have with your like in your separate team set setup. I really like that setup. Uh, we're kind of in the process right now of getting some people into positions where we can actually do that in the future. Um, I think that's a really good way to run things. Uh, so yeah, you know. <laughs> I, you know, my thing is I couldn't run three active clans by myself. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have three active clans if I couldn't be involved and try to leverage everybody together. And I've been fortunate enough to find some really good core people to help run the overall group and then some good core people to run KSD and KSE. And that's, it's, that's the hardest part for me is was finding those people and using them correctly. And as people's, you know, you might find a good person and then their real life situation changes and they can't spend as much time or don't want to spend as much time doing those things. So you got to work a replacement in and, and get them on the same page with everybody else. And, it's fun at the same time it's work i guess yeah but it's 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 really neat just you know watching some of these people develop honestly um we've had some players that um, i mean legitimately just over the course of a couple of months just when you look at like how much they've improved as a player uh, i'm not going to name any names uh, we had a guy uh, just this is a funny story uh, we had a guy come play with us that uh trying to think how to best tell the story without giving it away or without giving too hard a time so he never really played destroyers right um we put on a we put on classes for our uh, guys and dale and kent usually during the off season uh like so i'll teach a class on like cv gameplay uh soon and uh jay tizzle will teach us uh teach a class for us on like destroyer gameplay um guy went to the went to the destroyer class during that class, he let us know that he didn't know what the White Radical did. And I know this sounds horrible. <laughs> and we're, we all just kind of took a minute. We're like, he's trolling us, right? Surely. I'm not kidding you. This guy, after just that and then learning some basics about positioning and concealment with destroyers and you know how to optimize your gameplay to be useful to the team while still dealing damage, he took out destroyers and just started playing the crap out of them and i kid you not there there is about a period of i'd say about a month where i think looking at his recents because i kind of go through and look at everybody's stuff just to see if people are improving to see if i need to help them with like something along the way very teacher mode here um he uh his like 21 day stats on destroyers it was like 2300 2400 pr or some crap like that and i'm just like wait and a month ago, you didn't know how the torpedo reticle worked. <laughs> Jeez, and yeah. just, you know, talking to some people about some things like that, 
you know, you never know what everybody else's view of the game is. Um, you know, a lot of people have struggle at viewing things from other people's perspectives. And I think having a community where we, you know, are open about what we think and how we feel about different things, uh, you know, uh, about what we know and what we don't, that really, you know, helps us out in the long term uh, to be able to identify ways to, that we can get growth for our players. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, the white cone is OP in, in case anybody didn't know that. <laughs> I, I'm assuming everybody listening might, might but it, it, it's we, we've got some little jokes like that where, you know, we found out some things and we've gotten people corrected and they've turned into ridiculously good players Uh we had, uh, this was back when we ran, uh, we were running the Clan Battles for Tash. We had a guy who uh, routinely would get half health in Stalingrad to open matches because, you know, we're, we're getting into positions, but we're not thinking about how we're getting into positions. Um, was he the guy that would always fire like 21 kilometers away, getting in his position, and everybody in the map would know exactly where he was at and shoot back? And Yep, that or a DD yeah. would like poke up on him and 14 kilometer detect on the Stalin, you know, good times. Um, Instead of, uh, you know, like, taking an L-shaped pattern to get into a bow-in position or something like that, he'd just, just sail straight to it. But anyway, you know, that guy played with us. Uh, he still comes and mercs with us occasionally, um, but he's currently, you know, playing games for uh, Hurricane Clan. So, you know, it's... These these are the people that we've played with and, you know, that are still in our community and hanging out and are active. Uh, you know, I have nothing but respect for a lot of those guys. Uh, especially the ones sitting around, uh, primarily for the ones sitting around. There's there's a couple that you know left on some bad terms, but I'm not going to get into that. We, you know, I'm, I'm not going to pretend everything is sunshine and rainbows. I'm a very straightforward and honest person. Uh, tell you what I think 100% of the time, but uh, you know we've got people who have made that step up, like I was describing earlier, and that's my goal is to basically be a group of guys that can print out guys to play at high typhoon and hurricane level so yeah and you guys have made nice progress over the last probably nine months or so since since you kind of mm -hmm. remerged with tash and kent and 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 got everybody assimilated together and been continuing to work on improving so you've talked about a few things that you feel are strengths of your clan i i guess i would like to ask if somebody was thinking about joining Dale or is interested looking for clans, aside from mm -hmm. the things you've talked about, what makes you guys a little different or what makes you guys special? Uh, is Do you have a giant Chevy hood with a three on it in your garage? I'm not going to lie. I've seriously... Okay, so on, on a... This, I mean, this is unrelated, I guess, to why you should join, but... There's a Buffalo Wild Wings just about a mile from my house, and they have this giant, and I mean giant, like shrine to Dale Earnhardt. And every time I walk in that place, I want to ask him how much it'd be to buy it. <laughs> um, uh, Dale was like a an icon to me growing up. Uh, you know, he you know growing up in the South, growing up uh, somewhat economically disadvantaged as a as a kid. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, I'm not saying I had it very rough. There's a lot of people who had it a lot rougher than I did. But uh, definitely it was a low socioeconomic area that I grew up in. And uh, dad's working two or three jobs. Uh, mom's going back to school while I'm a kid. So, But, you know, that that southern kind of grit and way of life, uh, I, that, that's, that's what I grew up in. I, I'm not necessarily, now. I'm not going to be out here waving a Confederate flag or anything like that. Uh, Definitely not, and I'm not going to get into politics either, because Lord forbid, it's boats. We don't need to talk about politics, we need to play boats. 100% agree. Um, but, you know, uh, Dale was a bit of a role model growing up. Uh, you know, you play hard, but when you get done playing, uh, you know, you're respectful to people, uh, you're friendly, you, you joke around, you have a good time. And, you know, I think that lifestyle, uh, I don't... Most people don't know a lot about Dale Earnhardt, I'd say. And if you're listening to this and you do, then you know uh, Dale was just a good guy. And, you know, that's I want us to be, you know, good people. Uh, I don't want to have a clan that's going to be a bunch of toxic folks. Uh, I know you get up to uh, Typhoon and Hurricane. Some people's heads get a little bit big. Uh, some people you know, get a little bit big for their britches. And I really don't want that. Um, 
you know, I want people to realize, you know, we're all at different points in our journey playing boats. Um, it's just like school, you know, not everybody's going to be taking the same classes, but the end goal is that you graduate and you get out there and you can do your stuff. Uh, I want our guys to, you know, be able to get out there, compete, you know, when they go play ranked, I want them to be able to rank out. They come play clan battles, I want us making at least Typhoon, you know, if we can make it to Hurricane someday, that's going to be great. If it happens this season, that's going to be great. I'm not saying it will, but if it does, you know, uh, we've exceeded the goal. I'm not a, and I'm, I mean, we're not going to pull like a GGWP and hit Hurricane, you know, set season two or anything like that, obviously, but our goal is to eventually make it there. And I, I think all things you have to, you know, have a plan for and you don't rush it. When things get rushed, and I've said this for a long time, when things get rushed, uh, things usually get sloppy. Things get left to the side. Uh, people get left out. And I'm, I'm not about that. I want a community, like I said, where everybody feels part, everybody feels welcome, and where we can all focus together on growing and getting better. Um, you know, I, I think soon we'll attest to that, too. I mean, really, that is really what we're about, is getting everybody to their best. Um, you know, and if we can't get somebody to their best, if you know, they're flatlining on us. I mean, I'm more than glad to, you know, either help them out and try to get them better or point them in the direction of somebody that can. You know, if somebody gets to where they're uh, going to be able to go play for, you know, like you all or Gaishu or something like that, I'm, you know, and they're not improving while they're with us, you know, I'll be honest with them and be like, hey, man, you know, you're playing out of your mind. Uh, if you like it here, by all means, stay. But if you want, I'd be more than willing to put in a word with you wherever you just, if you decide to go somewhere else, because I noticed that you haven't been improving for a while. Uh, it's There's no hard feelings there. Like I said, I, I want people to improve. I want people to have fun playing this game. And I think if you're not really improving, it's hard for people to have fun, because you get to that certain level, and a lot of people start looking at those numbers, maybe a little bit more than they should, and starts to weigh on them and if you're not improving you start feeling bad about yourself and I, I really don't want anybody doing that yeah and i think what you talked about when when people start getting a lot of success and mm -hmm. they're very competitive oftentimes it becomes difficult to balance out also being you know a, a good winner or a good loser and and balancing out that competitive stuff with, with, Hey, still being a good guy and, and dealing with people in, in a kind of respectful way. Cause we're playing a stinking video game that really doesn't mean that much, you know? Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a good perspective to have on it. So I guess before we move to sink a ship, which I think you guys are familiar with, uh, you guys have any insights, comments, or thoughts on the current clan battle season. We had a significant adjustment this season, with the idea of limitations and ship bans, they put a couple of those things in place a week ago, kind of anticipating that they might take another look next week and adjust those or add to them or pull some back. What are you guys seeing? How do you feel about it? How do you feel your divs are doing? Uh, I personally would really like to see Wargaming limit, like hard limit DDs to two. Um, I think it's ridiculous that we're seeing all these five DD comps whether it's Mo before it was Mogadors, now you're seeing like two or three Kitakazes or two or three Udaloys. It doesn't make any sense to have that little ship diversity. Um, I think it's kind of been like a lot of pe people's issue with Tier 9 to begin with um, before some of the nerfs to like Yutland and a few other ships went through. Um, Tier 9 has extremely strong DDs. They're stronger than a lot of even the cruisers in some ways. Um, so I think it would... It would. I honestly think it could be one of the better seasons in recent times uh, if they would just limit those, limit the DDs to two. I think it just makes it better. It's going to bring more ship diversity. Um, it actually allows some of these cruisers that aren't just Russian cruisers to get played as well. Um, so that's that's my personal view. Uh, I'm actually still having fun with it, uh, getting to run around with Yugumo and actually getting to play Jean Barton and not being overshadowed by Musashi is, is definitely entertaining. So I, I just really wish they would do something about the four or five DD comps because it's, it's just not fun to play against. And I'll, I'll throw in on that. I mean, I, I could see like a limit of two or three DDs as one potential solution. Um, 
to some diversity issues that we're seeing as we play up through the ladder right now. Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that right now the current DD comps are overpowered. Um, we're playing a pretty, like, somewhat standard comp, I guess you could say. We've, we've got a lot of Russian bias in there because of the sheer number of destroyers. Um, and the railguns are kind of nice for that. But, uh, you know, I my hot take at the start of the season was that they should just limit it to no duplicates. And I, I feel like if you do that, it legitimately solves almost every problem that we're facing. It solves the Mogador comp that we faced at the start of the season. Uh, it would solve, you know, the Kitakaze spam. It would solve the uh, Udaloi spam. You know, yeah, people could still run an open water comp, I guess, with the destroyers, where they're pushing, you know, four gunboat destroyers, but they're all different. They all have things they're slightly better or slightly worse at than the other one. And I think that kind of forces people to maybe change their play styles up a little bit. Uh, I do agree with Soonset that maybe a restriction on destroyers would be nice, but I, I don't think the comps are inherently broken. I think it's just if you have a good shot caller that can optimize those destroyers and knows when to rotate them and where to rotate them to to get the most out of them and to split the enemy force up, that that really just gives you an advantage over people. So, Yeah, we've seen a little fewer heavy DD comps since mm -hmm. they put the the limits in we still do see a lot of what you guys are talking about with the kitakaze uloys things like that i've always been a proponent of no more than two of any given ship would be a nice rule if they had a d limit of of two or three probably three maybe i don't know i don't think that would be that would be that difficult and i think there would be a lot of diversity I'm glad to see Wargaming is at least looking at this stuff and trying to balance some things out. I'm hopeful that it's something next week, if they roll out a few more changes, that they're ones that make sense, and maybe this is something they continue to look at in the future. I think I think it's a step in the right direction, at least. And I know a lot of people are glad that they seem to be varying and not having every season with CVs. They're having some seasons that are not, such as this season. And my guess is they'll continue to mix it up a little bit. I think the variation of tiers, obviously you're you're not going to go way down in the lower tiers, but the variation of tiers also adds a little bit to diversity to the gameplay and things. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll say even as, a, as the quote-unquote CV guy uh, for our clan, I... I I'm honestly glad that we don't have CVs this season. Um, you, it's the gameplay just kind of gets stale after a while uh, playing that in competitive, at least. Uh, I, I don't know I necessarily. It's not the most enjoyable experience playing with those every single game. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I get I, that we yeah. want to. I agree, you know, that we want to try to include the player base of carriers to some extent into clan battles, and I'm I'm gonna get marked as the CV man good uh, fighter here, but I'm not really a... But, uh, you know, I think steps will slowly be made maybe to where it's people learn to deal with them better. I think a lot of the backlash still is people want to go back to the days of like point eight uh, before the rework and, you know, have their perfect game that they had idealized. And I think the image of the game has changed since that. Yeah, for, and, uh, and a we, lot of folks. Yeah, we've we've been smart and fortunate enough to collect quite a few good CV players across mm -hmm. our clans, and uh, you know, that's not because we're hardcore CV fans. It's because mm -hmm. we understand reality, and mm -hmm. I think having the breaks or the variations are are not a bad thing to go back and forth. But Definitely let's not. let's uh, get to sink a ship. Maybe we'll start with Soonset. You guys kind of understand the how this works. If you had the ability to completely remove one ship from the game, not a class, not a nation, one specific ship from the game, soon set, what would your pick be and why? Man, that's, honestly, I would probably, and people are going to hate me for this, I'd probably remove the clever. Um, then the thing for me is, when you can literally replace a cruiser with a 50-knot ship that can output the same DPM while also torp-rushing someone, sure, it has bad concealment, but it's still it can still do so many things. And my biggest issue with the Kleber is it warps the game in a weird way. Not like CVs do. CVs warp it 
in one way where you have to have your 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 AA ball your AA balls and stuff. But a well played clever comp, and we saw it a few seasons ago. Unless you're running clevers to rotate with it, you you almost can't win if somebody knows what they're doing. It kind of, and we see it a little bit with this season, but the clever it just it offers so much. I, I think it's a fun ship to play. I absolutely really enjoy it, but I just if I could remove it, I would. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you picked the clever. I can I can get behind that. I understand that comp is. It has a reasonably high skill floor, but when you get guys who are good and it can coordinate, it is very tough to beat. How about you, Math? Uh, I, I I agree with Soon. I still have PTSD from the Clever comp, uh, namely Gaishi running it. That was an experience. Uh, that that I'm, I, we still joke about that to this day. But um, for me, the ship I would remove is for an entirely different reason. Um, one thing I really just can't stand is people complaining about stuff nonstop. Uh, so me personally, I would probably remove the uh, Kerr first from the game so that I wouldn't have to listen to people complain about how secondary builds are dead <laughs> here dead anymore. Um, you know, uh, that and, you know, I, I hate the stereotype, but most Kerr first just turn into be damage pinatas in the current meta and state of affairs. So, you know, combi- combined between having to listen to people complain about not having secondary builds be efficient and her first just usually getting farmed down every match even when secondary builds were okay no i'm not gonna say good because i've never really been good um uh, you know I, I, for me it would just be remove cur first and not have to listen to people complain about it anymore so taking the cur first out i mean <laughs> if, you, if you stop him <laughs> how many really good players do you know have their cur first in their top two or three uh games uh, you know ships played <laughs> not many, not many. No, um, no. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I haven't exactly dug through the uh, Hurricane Clan players and their uh, most played ships, but I have a pretty good feeling Kerr First is not very high for the vast majority of. Them. I, I think that's a safe bet. Maybe some of them think they are, but uh, not of the ones that actually are. So yeah. appreciate having you guys on. It was uh, fun to talk to you guys. I didn't even get to bring up uh, Matthew. You know, I'm not a hardcore. NASCAR fan, but there was the time when it really peaked in the late 90s and early mm-hmm. 2000s, and I was watching the race when Dale passed. I was watching that live, and we were still, I don't know, it was something on Fox afterwards they cut into it, and that was a sad day, I think, for anybody who liked sports, and then I've only been to a handful of NASCAR races, but one of the ones that I went to was when Dale Jr. won at Chicagoland. That's it's awesome. Um, I actually grew up pretty close to a track. Uh, I'm not going to name it in particular, but my grandmother worked for the police department, so that was uh, there. So we got free tickets every year growing up, so that was kind of another reason that I really got into it as a kid. And I'm not going to lie, Dale Dyan kind of definitely took a lot of the thunder out of it for me. But uh, yeah, I think I, it's a neat experience. For people who haven't done it, I think it's a neat experience to at least do once, especially if you do the whole tailgating and whatever. It's It's an interesting atmosphere, to say the least. Yeah, but uh, going you know, we've. Through, I was gonna say, speaking on the NASCAR thing, like I grew up, you know, same way as Matt TJ there. You know, my it was always on and every Sunday we we sit around and watch the race. But like it, and I didn't really care about it when I was younger. But when I got old enough to actually go to one um, with some friends and stuff, you know, you take your your beer, whatever your your beverage of choices there, and you actually like sit at one and watch it. It was a completely different atmosphere. And it, it really gave me a lot more, like, I was like, all right, this is actually pretty cool. This is definitely something I want to do again. So, like like you said, if you get to go do it once, I mean, it might change a lot of people's opinion on, on NASCAR. Because it is a really just unique and cool experience. So Definitely. And, you know, there's a lot of quality memes there in the NASCAR community. Um, I mean, even NASCAR became a thing even for us. Uh, soon and I know each other in real life. Even in our small town community playing uh, Magic the Gathering. Uh, Dale was a meme there. Uh, we have a running gag that Dale's not dead; he's just another life ahead. Um, and you know that's that's kind of his spirit lives on. And you know, I hope, like I said, that we can embody that spirit and uh, you know be good people and you know help people play the game, have fun, and when we're done, you know, get along and do our thing. Even though we have a lot of people from a lot of different places with a lot of different beliefs. So you're so. not going to be like the uh, Jeff Gordon fans at the other race I attended. I think he put um, 
he put somebody in the wall. I think it was Kevin Harvick on the last lap and won. And I have never, never been in a more angry sports crowd than that one. Well, you you know where Gordon got that move, right? Where's that? Go look up uh, Earnhardt and Terry Labonte <laughs> at Bristol. No, uh, happened twice actually. Uh, the first time Earnhardt spun him out, turned four, and pushed Labonte across the finish line first. So Earnhardt got second. Second time it happened, Earnhardt spun Labonte out and turned two, got all the way around the track, passed him after spinning him out, and ended up winning the race. If you want to see some. The, Tell you what, uh, looking at some races from Bristol, there's historically some really good ones there uh, involving a lot of people being angry. If you want to go back and look, I, I Throwing remember... helmets on the track and stuff like that. Yeah, I've watched oh, some of those. Oh, yeah. There's there's some classics. But, uh, you know, you, you that that's the thing. Like I said, that mentality, though, you're going all out while you're on the track but or when, while you're playing the game, I guess, for the parallel for us. But when it's done, we want to be good people. Yep, so, yep, you yep. know... All right, guys, I really appreciate your time. Really appreciate you being with us. When we post this podcast, it will put a link to your Discord. Let people know they can go hang out with the Dale Boys. Go check out the group there. Say, uh, what is it? Raise hell, praise Dale when you see him in the game. <laughs> yep. And if you guys really want to participate in some uh, NASCAR warships, you can watch my buddy Bogsy stream. He actually has a thing where you can make him only turn left in his games. So, oh, Bogsy, you've, yeah. you've, you've earned a follower and maybe a subscriber. <laughs> uh, we actually borrowed that from him and did a, uh, you know, the V25 torpedo joust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that with NASCAR rules, only turn left oh, and accelerate. Yeah. So that was, nice. that was a pretty fun event we had in the clan the other day, so... All right, guys. Well, I appreciate your time. We'll uh, definitely have people go check out your Discord. Encourage people to check out my buddy Bogsy on Twitch and uh, give everybody an, a nice number three there in the chat for Dale Earnhardt. Enjoy the rest of the day, guys. Hey, you too. Dale, yeah, brother. Appreciate it. Have a good one.